Welcome to the Odd Data Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the Wow 150. Sorry, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where normally I talk about whatever the hell's in my head and I tell them about news stuff and I tell you about a podcast that you should listen to, except for once a month. I invite somebody on the show to talk about whatever the hell they want to, just because I'm, I'm, I like that. I, I'm breaking things up, and this month, it is, again, episode 150, and so I had to make this a very special guest, and so, for my very special episode 150, I have one of my oldest podcaster friends, whoo, let, let's run this down podcaster, podcast editor, consultant, author, from the story behind, I have Emily Prokop. Just so excited to have her on. I, I Seriously, we have been friends ever since I featured the story behind way back in episode 46. I had to go and look it up. It's been that long. Over a hundred episodes ago, I talked about the story behind and Emily and I have been friends since, and she is such an amazing person. It was so fun getting to have her on here. And I was seriously surprised that I think about it, that I haven't had her on here yet. Just on the basis that we've been friends for about two and a half years at this point. And when I'm pulling guests in and saying, hey, would you want to come on the show? I really want to have you on the show. I hadn't asked her yet. But when I saw episode 150, Holy shit. And it lines up with the guest of the month. I had to do it. I had to get her on here. And I think even if it wasn't going to line up perfectly like it does, I would have wanted her to come on here because it's a big number. It was so much fun getting to talk to her. And it was really funny because with the two of us together, we, you know, we're both podcast editors. We both are super, super passionate about podcasting. We love this whole thing we do. And so we just go off. We just end up talking shop pretty much the whole time, but it's so much fun. And it's just, it's, it was just such a great time getting to have her on here. And it, the funniest thing about this whole thing, when you listen to this conversation is the fact that this is actually the first time I have ever actually talked to Emily directly. Every time we've ever had a conversation in the last two and a half years has been through email or Facebook messenger or in the chat room during hate to wait or something like that. We've never actually spoken to each other in two and a half years. It's hilarious. You cannot tell. You cannot tell when you listen to this conversation. It's like we just pick up because we're we're just so alike in that. And that again, because we both just love podcasting and we could talk podcasting and editing and whatever all day we can just go. <laughs> so we, we just love doing this. And so it was such a fun time, but I, I'm talking and talking and talking. I'm going to take a little, little bumper here because I never know how, when I do this off from the initial interview, 
I never really know how to blend this. So I'm going to throw in some promos right here and we'll be right back with the amazing, awesome Emily Prokop. Need to satisfy a hungry mind? Every week, your brain on facts brings you science. Why does mint feel cold? History. King Charles II of Spain was so inbred, his family didn't bother educating him. Music. Many hit songs and even entire albums were written for revenge. Technology. The first video game was made on an oscilloscope in 1958. And every other topic under the sun. Look for Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Hi, this is Emily Prokop from The Story Behind, which is a podcast about the extraordinary history behind the ordinary. What does that mean? It means whenever my ADHD gets the best of me, I begin to wonder the stories behind everyday objects. This is the story behind sporks, behind chewing gum, behind hoodies, places. This is the story behind Mount Rushmore. This is the story behind speakeasies or people. This is the story behind Uncle Sam. This is the story behind Betty White. Everything has a backstory. And from what I've noticed from doing the show, not everything is as plain and simple as history books may have you believe. Join me Mondays and Thursdays on your favorite podcast app or at thestorybehindpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. Hopefully I don't sniffle too much. I don't notice when I sniffle until I'm done recording. And then I see all the sniffles and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that's where I've <clears throat> set up things like tweaking having an expander on there and little things to catch the little breaths and the little whatever's that I do because otherwise I'm just gonna ah. <laughs> yeah that was the the probably the best trick I ever f- figured out I forget how <laughs> of uh, using an expander yeah oh nice I still have for the big breath stuff I still have everything set up to move it down quickly but yeah it's just like oh god having that for just the not so extreme for just normal breathing to bring normal breathing down it's very nifty it's funny i have some clients who don't notice the loud breaths at all and when you run something through alphonic alphonic loves to bring those breaths up but i have one client who she's like i don't want to hear any breaths and i'm like okay, you you do though. You want me to bring them down? And she's like, no, I really don't. And I sent her a file and I'm like, are, are you sure? Like, here's it with breaths that are brought down so you can still hear them, but they're not audible and distracting. And here it is without it. And she was like, oh yeah, I do sound like a robot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't notice so many things. I didn't notice until I started tweaking other audio and i was like oh crap and then i start listening to other people and I'm like oh wow yeah, that's bad <laughs> yeah and once you notice it you can't unnotice it unfortunately <laughs> the first time you notice a noise gate you can't unhear that sound ever <laughs> oh gosh yeah noise gates it's funny everybody loves noise gates and i'm like no, no. i don't like the fact that if you record with a noise gate and you accidentally have the wrong settings on that noise gate that's baked in your audio is crap like you can't do anything to it i'd rather have you know a little bit of a hum or whatever that i could take out and post or at least diminish a little bit 
rather than a really bad noise gate. I think that's more distracting than the hum. That was where I found the expander trick. The way they were doing, and I forget what it was for, but it was use an expander to bring down the noise floor, but keep, if there's something audible, like, so you don't cut off the beginnings of words or ends of words and things like that. Because sometimes if you need a gate that is too harsh, it's like, well, I need to cut this out. But it's there's something that you want on there, like if a word trails or something, you don't want to cut it off. So you use the yeah. expander to bring it down, but then it brings the noise you wanted to cut out lower than that to a point where then you set the gate at like negative 50 for the threshold and it cuts everything out that you weren't going to want to hear anyway. And so oh, it was nice. like, oh, it's like double stack it. So you're really only cutting out the very, very background noise and like, oh. That's a nifty trick. I need to use that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even know about that. I, I'm i like, no, I have my system. I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've, I regularly have been tweaking, <coughs> Sorry. tweaking Sorry. settings. And mm-hmm. I think like two weeks ago, I went in and completely I changed my entire I usually have more than one sneeze, chain. but I think that's it. Hello? Uh-oh. Did I sneeze you away? Oh, no. Did you sneeze yourself away? It appears so. <laughs> I did. My computer's like, no, don't add anything more. We're done. <laughs> you don't need an expander. We do yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so, uh, so much stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been tweaking so much stuff lately because I was like, eh, this is being a pain. Eh, this is being a pain. And I just went and just rehauled my entire effects chain for the show a couple of weeks ago. And they're like, nope, this is it. <laughs> and it sounds so much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't have 10 plugins running, so it's fine. Oh gosh, the plugins. Yeah. But yeah, fun. So... I'm well, I'm excited to have you on here for one because we've been friends for so long, and this is literally the first time we've ever had a direct conversation outside of chat on the show. Is it? Oh man, we have never actually had a voice call of any kind at all. And I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I mentioned this to John when I talked to him one night after, or it was like a morning where one of us had mentioned to him that I had started editing. And so I actually was on the phone with him for a little while. And I was like, yeah, it's funny that I've known Emily for so long and I've never talked to her, but now I'm talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. John was actually one of the first podcasters I met. I mean, if there were, there was Nick from the Epic film guys. And then very soon after the first live podcaster, chat i got into this was when podcasters group therapy was still a podcast and i didn't realize that they didn't tape live Mm. so they were like hey we're doing podcasters group therapy here's the link to join and i thought it was going to be one of those chat things or like i would be in the chat and they would be recording live but no they actually had it was very much like podcasters happy hour where people came and sat around and they talked about, it was basically group therapy for podcasters. And I met John there. I met Jason Bryant there. I met Dave Jackson there. I was like, oh my gosh, like what? (laughs) (laughs) 
you're real. You're coming into this thing. Uh, I think it was Corey Finneran. All of the everybody's. Yeah, Nick Suberling. This and and it was so funny. I walk in. All right, come in. Um, I didn't have a camera at the time. I was using my Chromebook and I was using the microphone on it. Like it was so bad. It's one of those things that is a podcast consultant now i'm like oh yeah don't 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 go back to that (laughs) (laughs) um and i even remember saying something like okay guys let me know how can i bring my podcast to the next level and i want to go back and just strangle myself for saying that it's like come on oh those those words Right? I know. Like, it's so bad. And they even made fun of me. I remember them all rolling their eyes. And I was like, oh, that's a bad thing. And it wasn't like I had heard it before. I hadn't intentionally heard it before from scummy marketers. This was before I really knew that entrepreneurs were as into podcasting as they were. For me, podcasting was having fun with your friends and getting around and sharing fun stories. I had no idea about the business side of podcasting and how slimy it can be sometimes. Yeah. And even in that, I didn't realize how slimy things could be. Like, the more I, I listen and I hear, I'm like, man, people are, are, are skeezy. And it's like, wherever you go, in, in whatever industry, there's going to be somebody who's, who's slimy and skeezy in there that is doing something bad. Well, here's the thing. And I don't necessarily know if it's out of spite or malice or any sort of bad vibes going on with those people. But I think when people come into podcasting, they want a formula. They want a step-by-step, one-size-fits-all formula. And they find somebody who's been successful and who is selling one of those formulas, and they change themselves completely around. And they change their shows completely around from something that's natural and better for them just to fit this mold that somebody else who has had quote unquote success is doing. So you see a bunch of these cookie cutter podcasts come out. Yeah. I mean, the John Lee Dumas effect has been in going on since I started podcasting four years ago. And it's the we're going to add on fire to everything. Yeah. We're going to call our followers something specific and always refer to them like that. We're going to have the the busted awesome intro of welcome to this podcast where you'll learn from the experts and (laughs) and then you i talk to clients and they come to me with consulting and they're like i don't know why i don't want to do my podcast and i'm like well is the podcast you want to do and they're like no i followed this this guide to success and i'm like yeah but that's not really you is it and it's weird that as a consultant i have to tell people okay, you just paid me a bunch of money to tell you that you are not doing your show. And it's like they need that permission of, you have a microphone. This is you. This is your mind. You're trying to attract people to you. Don't follow somebody else's formula. Yeah, you're supposed to be making your podcast, not right. like franchised of somebody else's podcast. That's kind that of is what it a turns great into. word for it, franchised. That's fantastic. I love that. It's like you're copying. It's like, oh, if you're going to copy John Lee Dumas, then you're basically just opening up, you know, a odd dad on fire franchise. And no, that doesn't. <gasps> Please not say help. you have that URL. <laughs> I, it took me two years to buy the one I have. <laughs> I own uh, odovoicepro.com, but I, I'm still very slowly chipping away at that. It's actually, I think it's a Wix site. But uh, Wix or Weebly, I don't remember. 
I think for something like that, where you're not doing as much interaction, you're just kind of putting up a storefront. I think those websites are just are perfectly fine. You know, I paid um, $16 a month for a Squarespace site with my first podcast. And on top of that, I paid for Libsyn. And I realized very quickly that I am not going to do much with this podcast. I'm basically wasting $16 a month on Squarespace. And then for my second podcast, I was like, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm just going to use the Libsyn page. It's not going to be anything. It's just going to be my fun side project. And like three, almost three years later, I'm still using the Libsyn page. And Libsyn has been awesome about it. I love that they actually send my website to people when they want to see how the Libsyn website looks. It's like, oh, yeah, because if you can, if you want to know what can you do with a Libsyn website, just the, the attached website, you're the standard. You've, you've built it to a point where it's like, no, look, this is what it's capable of. You can make a great looking website. And it's like, why? You just have to do a little bit of homework on some of the little, it's like, here's how to use this feature. Know the, like the, the what's it, the hex codes and the stuff to get yeah. your specific colors if you want to make sure, you know, I'm super lazy. All of my shit's in black and white. <laughs> I did one of my clients' Libsyn website, so I upload for her, and she was wondering why people weren't finding her podcast as well. And so since I was in Libsyn, I asked if I could do this. I'm like, can I just tweak your Libsyn site? I know it's not your actual website, but it's still good for SEO, and it does come up. And she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. As soon as I did that, she started seeing a little bit of a bump because I don't know what Libsyn does, but they have some great SEO on their side. On top of that, I don't do web design at all. So when people talk about WordPress and plugins and updates and crashes to the site, I'm like, I, nope, don't have to think about that. Yeah. Libsyn I mean, does I'm, it for me. I'm, 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 I'm terrible with, and it's probably why it's taken me so long to work on the other website. And well, hell, it took me so long to, you know, suck it up and get a big boy website off a of blogger. But I was, it's just, I'm, I'm so nitpicky and I was like, oh, well, I want to do this, but I want it to look like this. Well, crap. Well, it doesn't look like that. No, it's not going to, and it's not that I'm some, you know, amazing designer, but it's one of those, like, I'd be a terrible client for a web designer because it's one of those, I have it in my head. I can't articulate what it is. That's why I have to do it myself. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I've actually been tweaking my cover art and my branding on the story behind, and I'm working with Mark Decote. He does the Resourceful Designer podcast, and he does podcastbranding.co is his website. So he's a graphic designer. He understands podcasters. And when I talked to him about this, I was like, here's what I want. This is my old logo. This is what I identify with more than this new logo that I love my publishing company, but they designed my book cover and Eventually, after that, they designed my cover art for my podcast to match my book cover. And the more I looked at it, the more I realized this is not me. It's not my podcast. It didn't feel like my podcast anymore when I had that new Mm. cover art. It kind of got taken over by their stuff. Yeah. So I've been talking to Mark Decote, and we've been working together to kind of come up with a new color scheme, but something that ties the two together. And it's so weird. And thank goodness he's a graphic designer, because when I said to him, I'm like, is there any way you can marry this nice, curly, light cover art that I first had with this big, bulky, black and tan cover art? Can you marry the two together so it looks like it's the same podcast, just maybe with a different color or something? And he just sits back. He's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. So 
when you're talking to somebody who's maybe going to design something, as soon as you hear, I know exactly what you're talking about and they show you some examples, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, yeah, here, take my money. Go, go, (laughs) be free. I don't don't understand why they changed your cover art to the book. Uh, They tested it. This was an interesting thing. The first cover art they had was more similar to my original podcast cover art. It was the tan background. It was light. There was brown lettering on it. Very similar to my original cover art that I designed. It was a different font, but I was like, yeah, it's close enough. It's fine. Yeah, it was like, I guess it was, I mean, if you looked at that, is it anybody who knew the podcast would see that cover and know this was your book? Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't need to read a thing. You could look at that and say, oh, that's him. That's the story behind. That's the podcast book. I want that. Yeah. And knew that first. Um, so. And then they tested that, though. When they tested that with test audiences, all the test audiences said, oh, it looks childish. It looks like something a 13-year-old would read. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the reason I make my podcast as short as it is and why I don't swear or get graphic and I give warnings if things maybe get a little too um, adult (laughs) themed over on my podcast. It's like I want it to be for everyone. I want people to listen to it in the car. But when they tried the new book cover, which is black and bulky letters and very thinly designed graphics on it, which you can't really see in a podcast app, it tested better. It was like, oh, yeah, we want to take this book seriously. And meanwhile, inside the book, I'm like, yeah, you could read this in the bathroom. It's not this. I don't know. It was something about the cover art and the book cover that made me feel like my podcast was kind of slipping away from me because it felt like oh, I'm supposed to be making this podcast that goes along with this cover art. And I can't because I feel like it's something that it's it's not really me. So anyway, I'm working with Mark and he's he's bringing me back to my podcast in a weird way of saying it that the branding really does make a difference. I mean, it's going to be the cover art. It's going to be the web design, the colors. So I'm excited for that, even though it's it's very quick. I feel like I'm rebranding maybe only six months after I originally rebranded, but I haven't been as good about doing the podcast just because there's this looming anxiety of, oh, but I'm supposed to do this black block letter bold cover art podcast instead of my short seven minutes fun history podcast. I mean, and in that the time when everything happened with the book, I mean, you basically went from Emily from the story behind podcast to Emily who has this book. And anytime I heard anybody talking about you and anytime people are like, you're over every day, you're going speaking at events and doing all these things. And it's all about the book. And it's like, yeah. um, Emily's this amazing future hall of famer podcaster. <laughs> the book is just icing. Okay. Can we start talking about the cake and not the icing? <laughs> Thank you. I actually I really appreciate hearing that the that the book is so tertiary because for a long time leading up to the book, writing the book, launching the book, marketing the book, it felt like book, 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 book. Oh, by the way, you have a podcast too. Book, 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 book. Yeah. Uh, and now it's nice to kind of get away from that, step away from it. My publishing company and I were still talking. Maybe there will be a book in the future, but I told them I'm like. I need a break. It's really like having a kid because it was nine months from signing the book deal to the book coming out. And for those nine months, they were really 
building this baby of a thing that I'm creating of a book. And the night it was due was basically, I mean, that was like my labor. It was overnight. I was writing all these things. I had the (laughs) adrenaline rush at the end. I was exhausted. And then the day it launched, I couldn't even get out of bed that day. It was like, oh gosh, now this is out in the world. Oh my gosh. I was, oh, I was a wreck. (laughs) Yeah, epidural is wearing off. (laughs) Yeah. And I've noticed that. Not that the, the quality of the show has changed. Because, I mean, it's still amazing, but you're not as consistent as you had been. No. But you've also got a million other things you're doing. And if if I had all the crap on my plate that you do, I wouldn't be able to get a show out either. And you have a show that requires work. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. I'm like, I, I realized that my show, even though I podcast professionally, quote unquote, I'm not actually doing my show professionally, but I'm helping other people podcast and I'm doing podcast editing. But my show is still a hobby that I'm passionate about and I want to keep it like that. And I think the book maybe put a little pressure on me to make the podcast more like a business. But I realized as soon as you tell me that this is work, I don't want to do it. I don't. And and I loved the idea when I first came up with the idea for the story behind is it's going to be quick. It's going to be something where I get to podcast and I get to do what I love and it's nothing that's going to drag me down and I don't want to have these looming deadlines and I don't want to stay up late and curse the fact that I have to do a podcast. I'm going to pull all-nighters anyway. I'd rather do an all-nighter for something that I love, which is my podcast as a hobby, rather than trying to put out a podcast and having an email like I got sent this week of, hey, it sounded like you were rushing through that episode. And I was like, you know what? You're absolutely was. You're you're right. I was rushing through that episode because I knew, all right, after this, I have to edit. I have to make the artwork. I have to publish it. And it used to be fun. And I want to get back to that. So I think in the next few weeks or months or so, you're going to see, you're not going to see as much, uh, hey, I'm going to do this. Hey, I'm going to do that. I have to start saying no. (laughs) And it's really hard for me because I'm a people pleaser, but I got to say no. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you've got so much. You're always doing. You're always doing and going and helping. And and then the with the She Podcast Live, which I know you're helping out with that too, which makes more sense than anything else. Like of all the other speaking things, like, no, you need to be there. <laughs> like in, in my head, you are the fourth member of She Podcast. And maybe that's just <laughs> my brain. But like I couldn't imagine that event without you in a prominent role, but I just like uh, God. I wish I could go to that. <laughs> okay, can we talk about the logistics of why you can't go and how maybe uh, we can make that happen? <laughs> Between the general expense of going, which you know, I know enough people that I could probably finagle my way in. I was gonna say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we could. Find a way to get you into the event, maybe yeah. as a volunteer or something yeah. for a free ticket. Exactly. It's you like, I'm, I'm sure I could finagle my way into the event, but travel costs, hotels, all of the things, plus not working, plus the fact that I am stay-at-home dad. Yeah. I'm with my kids all day. And even the, the barrier, the, the 
difference between when my wife gets or when I pick them up from school. Granted, that's well, that's once in October, is it? Yep, October 11th through the 13th. So, you know, picking up the kids from school is at three. My wife doesn't get home from work until five. And daycare is really not an option. And so it's just the logistics of trying to go to things is incredibly difficult. Yeah. You know, I think there's something to be said for the spouses of podcasters and all the things that we wanted to and having to tell our spouse, okay, I'm going to a conference where I'm going to be having a lot of fun for the next 48 hours and you're stuck with the kids. And you just, (laughs) I feel terrible when I come back and my husband's like, please never leave again. You know, and I'm like, I'm sorry. And I'm so grateful to him for letting me do that. Yeah, I'm. My wife doesn't like we don't go places separately. And granted, we don't do, go mm-hmm. places in general, but she has a certain level of attachment. I don't leave. She doesn't leave. And there's no chance of me being able to go off a thousand miles and be away with people she doesn't know <laughs> for podcasting stuff, which just annoys the shit out of her at this point. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Oh. She really is. She thought it was a phase that was going to end within like the first two or three months. And here I am pushing four years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> She's no. like, I thought it was just going to be a phase and you're just going to get over it and it'd be done. And it's like, no, no. Because this is this is episode 150, and that's 150 with the ridiculously crap consistency level I had in the entire first year, and well, and that's not counting, you know, two years of national podcast post month and all of and all those little things too, and that's not counting the, the, our stretch when we were doing mom and dad cuss, and so. And I'm I'm thinking about officially like the feed is still active, the Facebook page is still active. I'm I'm really considering uh, officially killing it. Are you still getting downloads on it? Occasionally, which is kind of funny. <laughs> what was I find that funny too when people download my old podcast and I'm like, why you twenty people today? Like what what are you doing? There are other podcasts out there that are newer. <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> I still better. see like every week. I still see. A handful, and it like this show has been dead for two years. I still get likes, and we still get uh, people liking the Facebook page and stuff like that. We don't post anything up there anymore, um, but it still gets some traffic, and the 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 podcast still gets some traffic. But oddly enough, and it's a really funny thing, I've actually been considering because I'm on Spreaker right now. And I've actually been considering for a while moving over to Libsyn primarily because of like the one big glaring problem that everybody has with Spreaker is that you do have a cap and it's a time cap. It's not a data cap, but it's a, it's because they, they price everything out by minutes, not by uh, gigabytes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think I'm at the, the $20 level, I'm at the, I have 500 hours. It takes a long time to fill 500 hours, but I still eventually have a cap. But I'm considering moving to Libsyn, but, at the, and it was kind of funny because 
the announcement of Rob Greenlee moving over to Libsyn this week. I was like, now I really right? feel like I want to go. I was like, I, Rob moving over. I was like, I listened to the Spreaker live show because of Rob. Alex drove me absolutely insane. I wanted to throat punch him on a regular basis, but I, I would listen for Rob and I listened to the new media show for Rob primarily. And I was like, but now he's over at Libsyn and I cannot imagine at some point he's not going to drop in on the feed or like, Oh, it's like Rob is the other Rob is, is busy this week. We've got Rob Greenlee with Elsie. Why? Cause just to throw a wrench in everybody's brain, everybody's brains would collectively explode. If that, if that popped up. I, I Lipson just keeps getting better. I mean, they acquired, I think, I, I don't know if acquired the, is the right word, but they, now have Rob Greenlee, who's, again, one of the nicest people in podcasting. And I loved him. And I recommended Spreaker to people because I really liked Rob Greenlee. And I liked the product. And I I would mention the time cap, which was weird. One thing I will say for a show that's that you want to archive instead of paying $5 a month to Libsyn. Now, I love Libsyn. And I never want to steer people out off of Libsyn. But one thing to consider is this is actually a good instance where Anchor is a little useful because they have that. all that money behind them. And if you have a show that you are that you just want to archive, you're not going to update, you're not going to worry about the stats as much, but you just still want it out there. I've heard of people moving it to Anchor because it's free. You don't have to worry about it. It's already submitted to everything. You don't have to worry about Anchor taking the feed. It's just hey, uh, I'm paying $20 a month. I might as well pay zero and let you guys put the bill, bill for this podcast that I still want live. But, you know, it, it depends on how much you trust Anchor. And at this point, I mean, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Eventually, maybe, but... Just because all that money was just thrown at them. It's like, we're not killing yeah. this right now. We just spent way too much money for this. But... Yeah, I think because uh, More Gooder then just announced that they were ending and that they were probably going to uh, store their feed on Anchor. Yeah, and yeah, it's a good archive. I was like, yeah, Anchor is the new archive.org. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? I'm fine with that. If Anchor wants to stay in the business and give people storage for free, I mean, <laughs> we'll show them why that doesn't always work with podcast companies. <laughs> Save your originals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely do that. That's the other thing I need to do because my computer crashed. Uh, well, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I guess. And I lost my first uh, 70 episodes, all of my originals, because my hard drive wiped. It like I got blue screen of death and all of my original files on that are at this point. I've been unable to retrieve anything. I still have the hard drive, but I ended up getting a new computer. And so I've just got everything from like 70 something, like 74 or 75 up. Are you able to grab them from Spreaker and re-download them? Yeah, I could do that. Oh, that's good at least. Yeah, it's like I could go get those, but it was the original recordings and like the the Audacity files and yeah. the, everything that I could manipulate and go back and retweak and like having the originals and the modified recordings and like like the raw files. It's like, nope, raw files are gone. <laughs> oh, no. And that kind of sucked, but you know, it happens. <laughs> so besides talking shop, because 
both of us could sit here and talk podcasting all day. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what we were doing. Okay, <laughs> we'll, well move on. Well, it's well, it's like the because it's it's that thing that we do is that yeah, both, yeah. we could both sit there and talk shop for hours on end and be perfectly fine with it. I know. Here we are. We're two parents. We could be like, so how are your kids? And it's like, oh, they're fine. They're fine. Oh, but podcasting, Rob Greenlee, have you heard? <laughs> yeah. And we're all a Twitter. It's like lips and click, 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 click. <laughs> My big thing with, with jumping over would just be the the initial cost of the transfer of everything over. It's it's upwards of 200 episodes at this point, and mine are in the hour long. And if you upload to Spreaker or if you use their software, it encodes at 128 stereo. Why? That's that's a lot, right? So if you're using the Spreaker Studio, that's what it sends it out. And so to get more uh, geeky about podcasting, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Daniel J. Lewis is working on a graph and tracking how fast files download from certain media hosts. So I will now be interested to see Spreaker's because that's those are big files. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why their pricing scale is based on time. It's like, we're going to give these huge high-def files. So we're not charging you based on bandwidth because you burn through files fast. It's a yeah. huge, you know, and when I started, I was on their $5 a month plan. And so if I was using their software, I had 30 minutes an episode that I was limited to recording. And I think at like 31 minutes, it would just hard stop. And that's why my early shows are all very short. But I was like, nope, I need to learn. And then that's when I started learning Audacity and learning everything else. But I would work in that. I was like, okay, well, the 128. And then I started learning about uh, mm-hmm. bit rate and was file size and you know yay uh podcaster studio <laughs> like so much oh my goodness ray ortega is one of my favorites listen i learned so much between ray and daniel that i was like oh crap i'm doing all of this wrong <laughs> <laughs> like then again i had had no clue what i was doing with anything so it was just like uh, yeah I'm, I'm pulling his hat on my ass and that's kind of where the you know the whole normal is not my specialty thing always came from my brother and I always had kind of a, a, a learning process of we're going to do this wrong every way possible so that when we finally do it right. And I'm telling you, this is the right way to do it. Trust me. I know <laughs> I've done it. I appreciate wrong that though. <laughs> I really appreciate that in people when they are willing to make their own mistakes instead of going through trying to find all the information and being overwhelmed by everything that they've Googled and they never start. They never want to make those mistakes. They just keep looking for, well, let me find more information or let me find a way to do this and this and let me find all my options. And I think that's one of the reasons actually that I haven't been able to come up with a podcasting course is because I want to give people all the options all the time, but there are just so many and I don't want to overwhelm them. And even by saying, hey, these are the three microphones I recommend, it still overwhelms people. And they're just like, please just tell me one. Just tell me one to buy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, well, and then a lot of the thing with the, the microphone recommendations is that for the most part, everyone's recommending basically three versions of the exact same thing. There's small variations, but for the most part, the main recommendation is three of the exact same thing. Yeah. And 
there is the one thing um, it was listening to uh, Glenn the Geek on a podcast engineering show when he was talking about, I think it's a Behringer 8500s mm-hmm. and where they were both saying that if you actually compare that microphone and it's only an XLR, but if you compare that microphone for hand handling noise and for background rejection, it is better than the 2100 and the Q2U and all of those. And it's a $20 microphone and you can go and buy a five pack of them. And it's like, Oh, it's marked down. It's like 60 bucks for five of these microphones. And and but it sounds great and they're like yeah he was saying like glenn the geek saying yeah i use these if i'm on a, a show floor because they have so much better background rejection and stuff like that and there's just so many different things I'm like yes basically you know if you want to pitch a recommendation for a microphone here's the top three that are very general purpose middle of the road this is a short thing this will work for you but <laughs> if xyz there's, there's just so many different factors and even listening to like Bandrew Scott saying had the, his review of that microphone because there was somebody in the Pottern family discord who was basically putting his entire kit together. And there's a couple of guys in there that were recommending such expensive equipment. And this guy obviously had no clue about the microphones and the, the, the mixers and the interfaces and the, all the things. and. All, all the so many different stuff. And in the end, uh, it drove me nuts because they were just throwing, well, if you need this, then you're going to need this and this and this and this and just throwing stuff at him saying, you telling him you need to have this. Like he doesn't need any of that. <laughs> no. And that's the interesting thing with podcasting is there are, oh, hundreds, maybe thousands of different ways to make a podcast. So it's very hard to be able to have any sort of a platform or a stage of authority to be like, this is the microphone that I recommend. And even with the ATR 2100, it's my favorite microphone. I've used it for years. I'm still using it now. Even with that, it's such a general purpose microphone. But I know that if somebody came to me and said, this is my situation, here is my room noise, here's what I want, I have a mixer, it doesn't need to be XLR or USB, all of a sudden that opens that person up to so many more microphones. But for the most part, when I'm recommending microphones, at least, I'm thinking, I don't know the person. I don't know how technologically savvy they are. And I want to recommend a microphone where I'm not going to get email upon email upon email saying, how do I hook this up? What kind of mixer should I get? Should I get an interface? Which interface should I get? And as much as I would love to send my affiliate links and have them keep buying things, that's not who I am. And that's not the kind of business I want to be running either. So I'd rather just say, hey, this is a plug and play microphone. If you have a problem, the ATR2100, I recommend that above anything else just because it has a lifetime warranty. So it's like if you have a problem, you can send it back and they will send you a new one. Yeah, I think that's the the big, like if you want to go Q2U versus 2100, it's like you're basically paying the extra for that lifetime warranty. Yeah, that's what I tell them too. And I even like the sound of the Q2U a little bit better because I have that and I like how it sounds with my voice. But I wouldn't notice the difference if I didn't have 
the super expensive headphones. If I were just listening to it in the car, I wouldn't know what microphone I was on and I wouldn't care really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started my show. Okay. Originally the first two or three episodes I was recording into my phone, literally into my phone while driving home from work at three o'clock in the morning, like car on cruise control, holding the phone up to my face while I'm recording. <laughs> and it wasn't even recording. It was actually live streaming the show for those first couple of nights. And so that was how I started. But my, you know, I had the cheap $10 headset mic from Walmart for a while. I found my dad's microphone. It was like an old karaoke mic. And after I started learning about microphones, I actually looked at the, it was like, oh, okay. This is a cardioid dynamic. I was like, okay, whatever. Plugged it straight into the computer. Sounded like ass. Eventually got it. <laughs> eventually got a mixer. But that microphone, and I still have it. Is a uh, is an Audio Technica ATR twenty. I remember you had those. Yeah, <laughs> you made it sound decent though, because you tweaked it. You kept tweaking it every week, and it sounded better and better every week. Yeah, slowly learning noise uh, noise reduction and and tweaking with stuff and learning compressors. And I will say, I having worked with Reaper now. And all of the, the different things that trying to do anything in Audacity after working on something else is nearly impossible. <laughs> it is. That's another reason why I haven't been able to do a course is because I would want to teach people on Reaper. But Audacity is just so basic and simple that I know that it's a little bit easier to pick up. But I'm like... Oh, but there are so many things you can't do. Can I just teach you Reaper? By the way, you're only going to use about 2% of what Reaper actually does. But <laughs> oh yeah, I know. it's still a great program. And, and I've got Cakewalk too. And I basically have it because Reaper took on all of the plugins that come with Cakewalk. And Cakewalk has a huge assortment of plugins built into it too, including virtual instruments. And so I technically have the ability... To because one of the fun things because the the I watched the uh, the Kenny Joya the Reaper Mania videos and that's oh yeah that, I, I think that's how I learned too yeah, I, I get so much from that and one of the things you can do in Reaper is that you can actually upload sheet music into Reaper and it will just kind of import it all and and print it all out and so you can sit there and say okay well this track is supposed to be a piano and this is supposed to be a guitar and this is supposed to be drums and it will apply all of the instruments. And it'll just play it out. And so you can sit there and theoretically remix pre-existing music. Do you find when you learn these new things, you get all excited and all hyped up, but then you realize, oh man, I have no application for this new information <laughs> I have and get frustrated like I do? 50-50. Uh, uh, <laughs> some of it's like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Like, And sitting there having to watch a video about like how to use a compressor. And it's like, well, the first 90% of this video is using it on music. It's like, I don't need to know how to, how to compress a bass drum. I really don't give a shit, but I want, it's like, but like, okay, fast forward. It's like a 30 second skip, 30, 50, uh, seven minutes skip. And I was like, oh, now they're talking, they're singing. Well, he's singing and it's not spoken word, but I can still figure this out. <laughs> no, but so like I, I I sit there and still have to absorb all of the stuff and like and I, I can't use half of it, but it's somewhere in there. I, it's the understanding the fundamentals of it 
so that in my brain, I can take that knowledge and apply it to something else. And that's where the whole like using an expander as a breath reduction thing came from was, okay, this is how it's supposed to be used. This is, you know, where, how this is stacked and this is arranged. And it's like, well, what if I do this? And then that means, oh shit, that just made that so much nicer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember asking my husband when I first started editing my own podcast, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I supposed to be doing? Like, is there a formula for making this sound good? And he kept telling me, you have to just keep tweaking, keep tweaking and playing with things because there isn't going to be a go-to formula. I remember when I first started and I was still using Audacity, Daniel J. Lewis, one of his first episodes of the Audacity to podcast, it was episode five or six. He had a screenshot of his Audacity compression settings. And I remember using that for a long time And not really liking how it sounded, but because it was Daniel's go-to compression setting, I was, I kept using it and using it. And my husband was like, you have to tweak. You can't just go with somebody's recommendation because it might not work for your voice. It might not work for how your mic is placed. You have to keep tweaking. And once I kind of got over that hump of, okay, even though, you know, my, my role model in podcasting, Daniel is using this. If I stray just a little bit, no one's going to take away my podcast from me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember seeing that too. And I used that for a while too. And the Chris's awesome dynamic compressor or whatever it is, I, I don't have it pulled up, that he would recommend. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. And I used that and I tried using that for a long time and it sounded awful to me. I was like, I can't use this. It's just, I just can't make this work. Forget it. <laughs> It's like, I'm, I'm going to use the settings that I had before because at least now I understand that. And and so it's it's just like the little things. It's like you, you have to tweak and you have to find the settings and the, the things that work for you because it's every, everybody's different. We are all unique, special snowflakes, and you have to find the right thing where your snowflake fits in this hole. And my snowflake does not fit into the hole that Jan, Daniel J. Lewis cut. <laughs> That sounded kind of, I don't know. but <laughs> I don't even know where that metaphor was going, but I was along for the ride. I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> that is the wonder of me pulling everything out of my ass. I have no clue where I'm going. I just hope that I don't hit a wall when I get there. <laughs> There's a line in the office that Michael Scott says, and sometimes when I get behind a microphone, I find myself having that line in my head of where he's in front of a camera doing a talking head and he just goes... Sometimes I start a sentence and even I don't know where it's going to go. And there are times when I get behind a mic and I'll start a sentence. And I actually, one time this week when I was recording Hate to Wait with John, I had about 10% of a joke. And I thought maybe if I started <laughs> saying the joke, it would the rest of it would come out. And it didn't. And I remember telling John, like, please cut that. No, that was bad. That was only 10% of the joke. Just no. <laughs> I thought I could make it through the rest. Yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> And that's, that's me. That's what I do here like every every week is that I have no clue what I'm going to say. It's the, it's, it's, you're along for the ride because I, I just, you know, I, I start up the train and whether the shit stays on track or not, probably not. But I'm, I have no clue where I'm going even now. <laughs> if you could pick anybody, whether they're a podcaster or not, and 
you could subscribe to their podcast of their stream of conscious, maybe like 30, 30 minutes a week of just them saying everything that popped into their head. Who would you pick? I'll tell you mine. It's Jessica Kupferman. I would love to sit in on the chatter of her mind. <laughs> she lets so much of her mind just go, though. I mean, she's so unfiltered most of the time. Especially now, the more I listen, because she's getting like John, because I listen to her on She Podcast and I listen to her on Brilliant Observations. And whenever I hear her anywhere else, it's like, this is the same Jessica. <laughs> it's just a yeah. matter of she's talking about a different subject over here, but this is the same Jessica. And so, and just, I, I'd be surprised to her filter is just a, there's certain things that she doesn't talk about. And when you consider the things she does talk about, you got to wonder what's on her blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that before. And now I do. <laughs> I mean, the fact that uh, John has a sound drop of, I like penises. <laughs> She's so open about so much. It's like, what is, what skeletons does Jessica hide? Because I, I don't, don't think she even has any, no. really, because at this point, she is so open about yeah. everything. I love it. I love so, her yeah, so much. So, yeah, who would your I... stream of consciousness podcast be? Who oh, who would be the host of that? I, I, I don't even know. I'd almost have to go with, like, like Jessica or Elsie, because I think God, trying to keep up with Elsie's stream of consciousness would probably give you an aneurysm. <laughs> she and a- rob on the feed <laughs> they are one of the only podcasts that i have to slow down i'll get about a quarter of the way through the feed and it's just so much information and it's so concentrated that i'll feel my heart rate go up and i'm like why am i so anxious <laughs> oh yeah it's on 1.6 i have to th- slow that show down and i mean rob is from the northeast like i am so we automatically talk faster so I'm used to that. And I told Rob that when I met him, I'm like, I have to tell you, you're one of the few podcasts that I have to slow down to almost regular speed because you and I, we understand each other. And I found out he actually lived about 15 minutes away from me growing up. So I was like, that's why I know those Connecticut people. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I still listen to them at two at two X. I'm at I'm up. Oh, I'm up to two X now. And that's. Yeah, I know. I, I never thought I would do it either. I was like, I was, when I used to hear Even people, the stats, when they get to the stats, I'm like, oh, there's so many numbers and countries. Yeah. <laughs> I just go, it's like, the only stuff I slow down is, for the most part, a lot of audio drama. But like, oh, yeah. I slow down, Heather. I slow down for sunshine and power cuts because that at 2x is kind of defeating the purpose. You have to. <laughs> Heather, we love you. We have to listen to you yeah. at 1x speed. And but and then welcome to night veil vale stays at 1x um but mostly it's like mm, uh, but yeah that's that's mostly it most of it i'm i'm at 2x now because i i burned through but now i'm starting to where i'm getting to my saturday afternoon and it's like shit i've still got four more hours of work and i'm out of stuff now i got to subscribe to more stuff <laughs> yeah. and there's a couple of new shows that are coming up like audio drama stuff and that's i think i want to get into more audio drama stuff but have you gotten into girl in space yet no not yet i will recommend that because sarah ray warner is the sweetest woman person podcaster in the world she is just a little ball of sunshine so i love her 
I need to put that on my list. <laughs> yes, girl in space. It is about a girl in space. I would hope she's not on a submarine. <laughs> this is about Dave. Um, he lives on the beach. <laughs> Total bait and switch, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It was like when I did uh, the opening for uh, Ignorance Was Bliss a few weeks back, and I started with her opening. So I'm like, this is Kate. It's amazing what oral surgery does to your voice. (laughs) 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 I was like, I had to. I I did not, like me, I couldn't not make a joke. She is out of commission right now. I have to crack a joke. There's no other way I can open the show if I don't crack a joke. And (laughs) And then I told her, I scripted this. You made me, you forced me just by merit of your show has a certain quality that I, I had to script what I said for her show. And she was like, oh, you wrote something? I was like, yeah, I had to because I, I couldn't improvise that all, but I knew where I was going. <laughs> I think that's why I really fell in love with podcasting is because a lot of what you record and especially with my show can be scripted. And when I'm talking in real time with people, I'm very conscious of what I'm saying and I'm worried about the words I'm using. And there are parts of me who want to use certain words and better words than what I'm actually using. And all of a sudden, I'll find myself stalling and going, um, 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 trying to, in the back of my brain, grab this word that I probably haven't used in five years, but it's perfect for this one situation. And I think that's why I like scripting and also knowing that, well, it can be edited later. And I think that's why podcasting just appealed to me. And it became this art form that I loved using all the time. Yeah. And I love the just that anybody can have a podcast. Why? Because there's a podcast for anybody. And it's not that anybody can be good at it, it, but anybody can have one because it is really about your individual expression. Because... I can guarantee you my show under no circumstance could ever go in any other format because my show, even on paper, does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's It all goes back to that whole normal is not my specialty. I could not. I mean, even the variations in the way I've changed the show from how it started. And, and the it was very much just flow of consciousness before. And now it's all oh, it's some of that. And it's well. I need it's like I I didn't have a thing to talk about. I always needed a jumping off point and then that's why I started doing news. And then the news kind of expanded into okay, well it's a segment of the show now. It went for a long period where it was just making fun of news stuff and I was like, well, but the, we're getting away from the dad stuff. Well, let's talk more about that stuff and then we'll do the news stuff cuz that stuff's funny. And I was always getting more into podcasting and I want to tell people about the podcast that I'm listening to because this is so cool. And I just need to get it out of my head because you need to check out the show that I just listened to. And like, oh, my God, I was just started listening to this show called The Story Behind this. And she's so cool. and It's such an awesome show. And that's where that all turned into. And now that's what it's all put together. And I could probably completely break the entire show up into three separate things. But one, that's a lot more work. And two, Why? I've now built this thing that is this hodgepodge of three completely disjointed things usually, but that's what makes this. I mean, the shit, the name there's odd in the title. You, I hope you weren't expecting the franchise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that shit Odd around. Dad on fire. <laughs> Odd dad on fire. You know, if you named this episode, Odd dad on fire, 
you might actually have a bump in downloads just because of the on-fire SEO. <laughs> I think I'll probably have a bump from the tag Emily Prokop SEO. But No, no, because nobody knows what my last name is. They either call me Prokoff or they it autocorrects to Porkchop. So I don't, my last name is nothing. <laughs> now, for the longest time, having not seen your last name in print, I thought it was with a P and an F. So many people do. And I'm wondering if it's my settings. If somehow my effects change that Prokop sound to an F sound. Because <laughs> I've listened to episodes and I'm like, where are people getting the F from? Where? Where are they getting it from? And I've listened and I've tried to maybe hear that F sound at the end. But my hus- I've only had this last name for almost five years. My husband's had it his whole life. He's like, nope, people do that. They add the F. I don't know why either. Sorry, I didn't warn you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm funny because my last name, technically, there's a lot of famous people with my last name. I have a sister. Well, like there's the the author, Mary Higgins Clark. That was my first go to is I know Mary Higgins Clark. And I think there's a British guy with the last name Higgins. But I'm probably thinking I'm thinking of Professor Higgins from... um, my fair lady my fair lady <laughs> exactly there's that and there's always the running gag in the family that if you look at his personality that's basically the personality of everyone in the family it's like ultimately you know good-willed but kind of abrasive and somewhat kind of a dick but <laughs> well if you've watched family guy stewie is very much that character yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's probably why they did that whole bit with him and Brian and the little girl with Stewie and all that. I, I haven't watched it in forever, but they kind of done the whole My Fair Lady thing a bit. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. I used to watch Family Guy religiously when it was first out before it was canceled and then came back. And it was one of those like, oh, yay, it's back. Meh, I'm good now. Now that I know it's here. Meh. And I think once I started having kids, then I stopped watching it because I was like, oh, I don't want the kids seeing this shit. <laughs> no. And... And I laugh because when I was a kid, I watched, you know, we, we were raised on horror movies and, you know, it was like we were watching, I was six, seven years old watching, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and, and all this stuff. And we're all sitting there and it's like family night. We're all sitting there on the couch watching horror movies on HBO. Okay. On Sunday nights for us, it was The Simpsons and Married with Children. Yes. <laughs> I was way too young to be watching Married with Children. I would be horrified to show that to my eight-year-old daughter now. But at the time, I was like, Kelly Bundy's so pretty. When can I wear a tube top? Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was that. And it was and it was like stand-up comedy because you know, we grew up in that era of, you know, the golden age of stand-up where... You know, there were five stand-up TV specials on a week, and it's like, oh, you've got, you know, watch VH1 and MTV and Comedy Central and HBO, and everyone's got stand-up. And so we're watching George Carlin and Rosie O'Donnell back when she did stand-up. And Rosie was a great stand-up, people. Believe it or not, she was funny at one point. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I Honestly, uh, the early Roseanne episodes were fantastic. It was a really great show. I'll say that. I'll put it out there like watching all those things and you look back on it now and you're like this wouldn't fly no we couldn't do that and it's something i talked about in uh, the show uh where the the guy was the the comedian ahmed ahmed and he made a middle eastern joke during his set and he was like how many middle eastern people are here in the crowd and it was like 20 guys 
And he's like, wow, there's almost enough to start a terrorist cell. And somebody oh, got dear. so freaked out by it, they went and called 911. <gasps> wow. <laughs> like, you have a Middle Eastern comic made a Middle Eastern terrorist joke on the sit- on the stage. What did you expect? This, it, it's a joke. People chilled the fuck out. <laughs> That's their job is to sit there and say the extreme thing and to say the thing that, you know, kind of shocks you. And, like, you know, I, I love George Carlin and Richard Pryor. And Rodney Dangerfield and all the classics. And I was like, these guys could not have a career in 2019. No, I, I honestly am very impressed with any comedian who has as much of a career as they do in 2019 without being so offensive. And I mean, part of it is that people now, some of them go around looking for things to be offended by. And if you're doing that, it's really easy to find it considering the amount of just content on the internet. Even if you just go to Facebook alone, you could scroll for all of two minutes and find something to be offended by. And it's it doesn't even have to be something so obvious as making fun of somebody's race. It could be something like, oh, I'm out of my... 1% milk and I have to go to the store. You could be offended by that because why are you drinking milk? That's bad. That that comes from an animal. How dare you take something from an animal? Yeah. And <laughs> the militant vegans can get or easy to get offended. I mean, I understand that people have those those thoughts and those feelings and that's fine. However, if you're going around looking to be offended or to have your beliefs shaken, maybe the internet isn't the place for you. Yeah just saying the internet is not anybody whether you want to be offended or not like my wife is on twitter the only accounts she follows are like cute dogs and animals and jokes it's that's how to internet that is right there that is how to internet i do not want any interaction and her account is private and like it is the that like one that where they rate dog pictures (laughs) it's like that stuff yeah it's like it's stuff like that that's the only stuff she follows on twitter and I think she follows most of those same ones on Instagram, but that's, that's her internet. She, she detaches. If anybody gets political anywhere in her social media bubble, she blocks it out. I was like, Nope, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to laugh and, and chat with my family. And if family starts getting political bye, because she doesn't want, it's like, she gets aggravated just by the part, the amount of the news and everything that you can't avoid. Like if if I'm gonna reach out into a in a to like the social media ecosphere, I'm trying to do this for me, not for the you know political media everything just flying at you. It's like no, too much political media everything. Go away. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, and being in a in a married couple, my husband and I are kind of figuring this out now. It's kind of nice to be able to have two brains and have one person kind of take care of things like worrying about politics. And I do this with my husband. I let him worry about politics and the news and what's going on. And I'll ask him and say, hey, give me the highlights. Give me what I need to know. But honestly, I can't take on that mental and emotional baggage right now. But if you want to give me your calendar because you're not great at that, I, I'm happy to take that on and remind you of things that you need to do. And it's almost like it's not necessarily sharing a brain, but it's kind of like having one big giant brain as a family. <laughs> and <laughs> We are a hive mind. 
Yes, yes, that's exactly what we are. We're a hive mind and we cannot tell the children to remember anything because they can't. They are just, no. (laughs) Hey, remind me to do this. In one ear and out the other. Yeah, and I'm always that, you know, because dad jokes. Anytime my wife tells me, oh, remind me to do this. Hey, don't forget to do that thing. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) I have to. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, I should say our Google Home is the fifth member of the family, really, because that's part of my calendar brain is he'll be like, hey, remind me to do this. I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) Hey, Google, remind me to do this. (laughs) Yeah, we actually have a shared Google calendar for that reason. And anytime I for I'm just like, like, don't forget, he's got the appointment. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, it's on the calendar. Like, I don't look at the calendar every day. That's why we have a calendar on the fridge, too. <laughs> Do you have... Did you... I forget. Do you have an Android? Yeah. I thought you had an yeah. Android, right? I'm, I'm... My only Apple device that I have is my company phone. Yeah, we were issued iPhones. Okay. Yeah, I thought you had an Android phone. Okay. So I have my calendar as a widget on my home screen. So I just have those things pop up as soon as I open my phone and it's staring me in the face. <laughs> I did for a while, but it's like, uh, I'm not even, I don't even look at that screen. So I'm not worried. <laughs> Everyone makes fun of me because I have all of my like different icons and stuff in folders. And it's like, here's social media stuff. And it's all in a little folder. And it's like, here's all the camera stuff. And it's, it's all there. It's like, <laughs> I do that. Why do people make fun of you? That's because so they're efficient. iPhone people. You could keep, keep things on fewer yeah, screens. They're iPhone people what? and you can't do that on iPhone. So they make fun. Oh, yes, you can. You can put them into folder. And I did that more on my Uh, iPhone than I do on my Android. On my Android, I like exploring because an iPhone is very much like this is how it's done. And that is it. With an Android, again, kind of like podcasting, you could do things a million different ways. You could get to Facebook so many different ways on an Android. And there's no rhyme or reason for why we have so many options. But we do. I like having the options. I've got like five different podcast apps. Just because <laughs> I don't li- I like I listen on Castbox primarily, but it it was a lot of the like I used to use the Spreaker app. Why? Because I was on Spreaker, and then I was like, well, yeah, I can't get all the shows that I want to listen to on this. Okay, well, let me grab this other one. I'll try that. I'm like, well, that doesn't sync up to the controls, the Bluetooth controls in the car, so that doesn't work. <laughs> it's like I don't want to have to change. Well, this, but this syncs up to the car, so I can push the button on the steering wheel and change and and change this oh, well, that, that, and do all those things until I finally settled on Castbox. And the problem I have with Castbox is it is loaded with ads and it is a resource hog. Yeah. Now I don't want to generalize, but if you're an Android user, you have pretty much been able to hack anything with duct tape and zip ties. And yeah. <laughs> if something breaks, you probably know five different ways to fix it. And that's that's kind of the Android mind is, yeah, nothing's easy for us. So we kind of have to <laughs> figure it out by breaking it every so often. Like we're not handed the. Yeah. It's like you're provided so many options that it's like, well, if this doesn't work, well, you try this and you can do this and you can try and figure out and make the thing that works for you and your arrangement of apps and settings and doodads and whatnots. If you're on an Apple device or Apple ecosystem, they hand you a. <laughs> Sorry, just had a, a connected thought. <laughs> All of the people in podcasting who want the simple here's how to do it package, who want the franchise, all thrive in Apple. 
where they just fucking hand it to you. Here's the thing you can use. Here's the thing that works. And there you go. And you have far fewer options and far fewer choices to make. They, they make so many decisions for you that you don't have to do as much of the, the digging and figuring out and the shaping because they made it for you. They made the package and now they want to make a podcast. And where's the package? Oh, it's not that easy. What? No, there's, I want my package. <laughs> if Apple ever came out with something to help you make a podcast, that would be it. Like every, every other hosting company, except maybe Libsyn and Blueberry and the bigger ones, they would be gone because everyone would be like, oh, Apple did this. There's just a big giant record button. Okay, because that's what it would be. It would just be a giant record button. Do you want music? Oh, it's okay. Apple provides it. Do you want cover art? Oh, oh, Apple provides it. Suddenly you have access to, yeah, you've suddenly got access to the Apple Music Library because, well, you're working and creating everything within the Apple ecosphere. So we're going to let you do the thing and we'll let you use stuff from Apple Music. Like, oh, yeah, we're all boned. Uh, yeah, that's scary. I almost, I almost don't want to put that idea out <laughs> like there. <laughs> Apple starts hosting podcasts. I was like, why? Because the dues that you're paying to them are what they're paying the licensing fees because they're allowing you to use music from Apple Music. Mm. <laughs> that that would almost work if Apple gave two shits about listening to my ideas. <laughs> well, that would almost work if podcasts weren't free content for them and they're kind of like meh well, they're that. fine yeah. <laughs> we don't really have to worry about it let's make a new phone and make it so expensive yeah let's make another thousand dollar phone I mean <laughs> so like Samsung made a two thousand dollar phone but they didn't expect anybody to actually buy it <laughs> like we're gonna make something so yeah. outlandish this is just a gimmicky thing it folds check it out it folds uh, yeah, I know you just broke it the second time you folded it, but it, look, it folds. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, what's the fuck <laughs> the word? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a gimmicky thing, but it's like, I would like, cause my actually, I, I, I suck so bad right now. I, I'm at that point where my, my S seven is, is on its, it's, it's going out and my headphone jack is actually messed up now. So I only have a left ear and it's slightly low volume. <laughs> oh, and no. I was, like, I was like, do I get a new phone or just get a you know pair of Bluetooth headphones? <laughs> and then I'm, 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 I'm torn because I could probably use a new phone, but it's not completely broken. Almost every phone that I've that's died on me up to this point was it stopped charging or it stopped holding a charge. And that's when I had to get rid of it. It's like this one. I just technically I can't listen to stuff as effectively. Technically, that's not justification for throwing down a cup like eight hundred bucks for a new phone. I know it, and I keep thinking, I'm like, well, I mean, if I just threw money at the problem, it would go away. But if I fixed it myself and hacked it together, oh, I'd be so proud of myself. <laughs> that's why the Android people and the, the self pride, damn it. <laughs> yeah, we're we we have stupid yeah. pride over here. <laughs> Oh, but it's, it's so funny. I did not. So again, it's the whole, when I have these conversations when I have people on here, I have no clue what I'm going to talk about. I had a a, a sneaking suspicion. We were going to end up talking shop a bunch because we both are entirely capable of doing that all day. It's like the after show 
on hate to wait is so much of you guys talking shop and me sitting there in the chat talking shop. And oh, I, I love that. <laughs> I could do this all day. And I've seriously started considering the idea of doing, because I can't market being a podcast editor within this show. It doesn't work because I've got the two brain cells it takes to know that if you're going to market something, you have to market it to the appropriate audience. And my audience are not people that are going to pay me to edit their podcast. <laughs> and so there's no point in me sitting here plugging away saying, oh, yeah, I'm, if you want to hire me as an editor, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that, that, that doesn't do me any good here. But if I were to actually start, it's like, oh, yeah, let's start another podcast about podcasting because that's original. But it's just be like every show and it's, you know, as they say, it doesn't matter if somebody else is doing it. It's your original take. It's your perspective. It doesn't matter that somebody else is already interviewing people and you're interviewing the same people. How are you interviewing them? How are you talking to them? And so it, it's very much the, I wanted to do like the pod stuff. And then they started that damn show. <laughs> I'm like, well, I told them. And I remember telling Perry and Lindsay early on, I'm like, damn it. Like, guess I can't do this show now. <laughs> it's like, you stole my idea. And as I told Jeremy the same thing when I was on podcasts, we listened to it. Like, well, shit, there goes that idea. It's like every idea. I was like, well, then somebody else does it. And it's like, well, because I don't have the time to put the thing together to do the make the thing. But the, hey, maybe if I did a show about podcasting where I was emptying out the I want to talk shop all day into my head or out into the world or something and make it a short show because I could go on forever. But you know, talk about the things. And get that out of my head and then use that as some sort of a marketing arm somewhere, somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But it's just another, you know, piecing shit together and doing the things. And I can think about doing the things, but am I going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. When I'm marketing, I ended up having a lot of fun with social media marketing more than the idea of making a podcast about podcasting. Because first of all, I'm of the mind they're there doesn't need to be any more. <laughs> there are so many, and so many of them are are made by friends of mine too. So not to say, I mean, in podcasting, there isn't really competition unless you actively are mean to somebody who has a similar show to you. But making another podcast about podcasting, really, I tell my clients, I'm like, just if nothing else, just listen to the feed. That's really all. Just listen to the feed, if nothing else. I have a whole list of other podcasts you can listen to about podcasting, but if you just want to get the the gist and what you really need to know and you're putting together... Actually, if you're putting together your own podcast, the feed definitely. If you're just podcasting and you're getting behind the microphone and you're talking and then you're sending it off to somebody else, find a short show, find a quick show, listen to Dave Jackson. That's going to work on your content a lot. But yeah, for for marketing podcast editing, it's funny because a lot of the clients who find me find me on social media because, and this is really weird. I did not know that people use social media as a search engine. But one of my bigger clients, she found me because she searched for podcast editor on Instagram of all things. And she's like, yeah, you came up because that you used that as a hashtag. And I was like, really? You, you found me on Instagram? 
you searched for a podcast editor on Instagram and I love her and I'm glad she did it. And it proved to me that there are places outside of Facebook and Google searches where people are searching for what they need. And now, actually, last week I found myself going to Instagram and looking for a photographer. Instead of going to Google and putting in Connecticut photographer, I actually went to Instagram and I was like, let's just see what hashtag CT photographer brings up. And I was able to get a better sense of what they did and what their clients were like by searching on Instagram rather than going to their webpage where it's like sell, 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 sell. At least most people on Instagram are very much like, here's my life. Here's what I found pretty. Here's a fun dog that I like, you know? (laughs) And it's much more, especially with like a photographer, you're looking much more at the, it's they're showing off their work really. And so that's, I mean, Instagram, I would, Definitely, if I were looking for a photographer, I'd probably go to look at Instagram because it's just full of pictures. And so that's yeah. a great resource. I could not, like, I I can't do what you do with your social media, especially your Instagram is just crazy. I'm like, shit, you do so much. Do you have time to work? Shit. <laughs> well, so my Instagram, I consider Instagram a hobby as well. I don't look at that as work. Again, if I look at it as work, it won't be fun for me anymore. So when I go to Instagram and I do my stories, a lot of them, maybe about 20, 30% are about podcasting and the rest. I mean, tonight, I don't think I talked anything about podcast. Well, I talked about live stream for the cure today, but then I showed off my narwhal mug and I talked about my dinner and I made a mashed potato recipe and I showed a picture of my husband. And I was like, hey, does he look like uh, <laughs> this guy over here? Um, and it's so random, but people start to get to know you and then they climb into your DMs and they're just like, hey, so I see you're a podcast editor, huh? Uh, do you have any openings? And I'm like, this is my Instagram DM. Can you please go to my website? <laughs> like, if I get a DM from somebody at 2 a.m. on Instagram, I want to answer it, but at the same time, I don't have that work mindset. So, I don't know. I like keeping it as a fun thing. And and then there are certain times when I love talking about podcasting. So, on Tuesdays is when I'm kind of just like in podcast mode. That's a big podcast day for me. I do Tip Tuesday. I have podcasters happy hour at night. And so, that's when I'll use Instagram a lot for podcasts. And then a lot of my posts on my actual feed are about podcasting because I know that's where people go and they kind of look at my stuff. And it's almost like a mini blog post at this point. But the stories themselves are just, hey, here are my kids and here's what I'm doing. And here's a water reminder. And Another water reminder. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that, actually the water reminders that I do daily are kind of for podcasters because my big thing is if you're a podcaster stay hydrated it'll help you it'll help you get those mouth noises away um but i mean in general even if you're not a podcaster who doesn't need a water reminder (laughs) exactly (laughs) and i mean as you take a drink (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's what i'm doing i'm drinking i'm like oh my god i haven't had water i can hear my mouth clicks I'm sorry, future Adam. <laughs> I've got all my, well, I finished my Dr. Pepper. At this point, it's just, I've already had dinner. I'm not making a, a pot of coffee at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> and this gets edited in the future. <laughs> future Adam, he's our hero. He brings mistakes down to zero. <laughs> down to a reasonable, <laughs> acceptable level. 
<laughs> that doesn't rhyme with hero. <laughs> he is not good at rhyming, but he's good on making your podcast timing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I say don't quit your day job, but you already did that. <laughs> I did. I, Hashtag yeah. goals. <laughs> but I'm not no. paid to sing or make up nope. songs on the spot. Or find mm-hmm. quick rhymes. Although I will say, I did come up with a potty training song for my son that I'm pretty proud of, and it might make it onto a <laughs> podcast at some point. I don't know how I can fit it into the story behind. Maybe the story behind toilets, but yeah, I was gonna say it was like the toy, the story behind toilets, the automatic like maybe you know, I don't know. I did toilet paper already, so maybe the story behind toilets, but just the physics behind toilets is complicated enough. I was like. It's like it's like you could go on into forever just to explain how a toilet works. <laughs> I was thinking the other day I wanted to talk about my narwhal mug so badly, and I was like, "Oh, I should do the story behind coffee." Oh my gosh, no, that is a whole can of worms. That is a lot. No, I can't. That's not a seven minute show at all. That would be a series of just coffee. I did that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I, I did that so far back. I forget what episode it was, <laughs> but I remember the the basically the title. And it was one of those like when I very first started doing the the artwork the way I do now. But it was something like uh, like sweet nectar of the bean or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yep, that's about right." <laughs> But I ended up going and it was in the days where I didn't have a, a, it was a, I need a topic to start with. I need just a thing to talk about and I'll go with it. And Rihanna said, coffee, you can, you coffee, that's it. And I was like, and I started researching coffee and all this, like just pulling out facts and stuff and everything about that whole episode was all coffee related. (laughs) This works. All right. (laughs) And so I ended up basically doing the story behind coffee and the, all of the origins and all the crazy. I was like, wow, that's not how I thought this was going to happen. <laughs> I read an amazing book a few years ago and it was called the history of the world in six glasses. And it actually takes you from early cavemen discovering that fermented fruit can turn into alcohol And it brings you through the history up through modern times, but it starts out with a whole section about alcohol. And then I think it goes to beer when they start realizing what they can do with hops. And then it went into coffee. And the coffee section of it was fascinating because this was around the time of enlightenment and people were gathering in coffee shops specifically to talk about politics and to get laws passed. And just how these drinks, I think the six were hard alcohol, beer, coffee, tea, soda. Oh, there was a sixth one and I can't remember and I'm very mad now. Um, But it was fascinating. The last one was soda and it was all about uh, the soda industries and the Coke and Pepsi wars. And that was the more modern times. And it was just such a great book. But the coffee specifically, I remember hearing about all the things and all the things in history that took place at meeting houses that were coffee houses, not very much like the 90s. They were a little bit more formal. But, you know, when I say the coffee houses of the 90s, people picture friends and it's like, no, 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 these were actual 
meeting houses, but coffee was a huge component. And that was why people got together was to drink coffee. And I loved that book so much because it brought you through history, but made it very easy to digest because you knew coffee or you knew alcohol and you could kind of see the history of civilization like, huh, okay, all right. I could see how alcohol kind of furthered that. I could see how that happened. It just gave you a familiar framework for the the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, because we finally got off a talking shop, but before we we wrap things up, if you could recommend one podcast out there for whatever style, reason, whatever you feel like, what would be your one podcast recommendation for for dear listener out there today? Hmm. I'm trying to think of a show that you haven't already done because every time I find a new podcast, I feel like I tell you because I'm like, Adam, you gotta you gotta find find this show. You gotta feature them. And that's happened a few times. Um, I will say Girl in Space. I go listen to Girl in Space, listen to the first episode, see if you're not hooked. Sarah is amazing. I'm really not into audio drama. I'm not that big into trying to follow a story when I'm listening to a podcast. I listen to podcasts more for a lot of information. I'm a weird stats junkie and I love listening to shows like Social Media Lab where they will compare certain things on social media. Like they'll compare if you post a picture on Instagram of that's black and white versus a color photo and they'll see how many likes and comments you get and the difference and stuff like that. So I love shows like that. So finding an audio drama and this was actually because I knew the host is the only reason I listened to that podcast probably is because I'm like, I love Sarah so much. I would listen to whatever she does. Oh my gosh. And this podcast is amazing. Yeah. So Girl in Space, I'll go with that one. Awesome. And it's funny because I'm almost the exact opposite. Most of everything I listen to is for entertainment value. So I really like, I'm getting more and more into the audio dramas and especially stuff in kind of the sci-fi horror sort of area. And I think that's where welcome to night Vale and like the unseen hour and siren aside. And a lot of these that I've talked about before, and there's another one that's that they're about to launch that I'm, that I'm kind of like, Hey, this sounds like it's going to be pretty good. So I, I, you know, for me, it's always entertainment first. And if it happens to be educational or if I'm learning something great, but to like where she podcast is my number one, I want to listen to this podcast for inter- for education purposes but it's because they are so entertaining and I just love listening to them and I don't care if I learned a damn thing. <laughs> yeah, and you end up being surprised in some episodes. Some episodes are very chatty and I'm interested in Elsie's goats and Jessica's son and the things that they're doing. And then all of a sudden, you might get Elsie on something about social media or marketing and all of a sudden here comes like all right the goats are done no more fun goat talk here are the cold hard facts in your face from elsie who delivers it in a way that's like she's wrapping up an anvil in silk and presenting it to you and being like i will drop this knowledge on your foot right (laughs) now but because it's elsie it is beautiful (laughs) okay i i I, I I so want to, like, I want to take advantage of the Libsyn, hey, we'll help 
fund your meetup thing or whatever and just start one and say, hey, can Elsie come out here? <laughs> I just want to meet Elsie. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't get to go to the one that's Well, done and you here. have to understand, Elsie yeah. in person is very uh, yeah, introverted. I know, I know. Like, and at conferences, unless she's behind the booth, she will have a hoodie on and kind of over her head if she has to go to the networking events later at night because she is done peopling. Yeah. And her and I have sat together quietly at the Lipson booth together. I'll visit her and I'll be like, hey, do you want to just hang out and have introvert time and sta- stare at our phones but sitting together? And she's like, I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things. I know that. I'm just like, oh, I I. And and I'm I'm so much that, but I just like I'm my my inner fangirl just wants to like I group hug her and 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 Jessica and John and you and just like ah I, I but at the same time it's like as much as I want to do that stuff like I can't make it to the monthly meetup that happens out here that I only recently found out about the like third Thursday of every month uh, Evo Terra oh I love him. But it's one of those like goals. And eventually, I'm going to be able to you know, take the night and go do the thing, and you know, put the kids to bed and go and spend a Thursday night, you know, hanging out with podcasters in a bar in Phoenix. But you know, you're not going to be able to just do one night. Right? You're going to go and you're going to have a good time, and it's going to be like a drug. You can't just try it I once. Know. You're going to want to keep going back. And Evo Terra is going to be the uh, guy in the alley being like, "Go ahead, the first one's free. It's fine." You're talking <laughs> to the guy who did an episode on how podcasting is addictive and is like a drug. I did that show. Well, you're like, I'm just going to take one night off. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, it's the because my my ridiculously, unfortunately, pragmatic brain says I can't afford to keep taking nights off for a social event, especially a social event without my wife. So it's like, eh. <laughs> again, she wouldn't be too happy with that. <laughs> like you're going to go spend like two hours hanging out in a bar with a bunch of podcasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel like my husband would love to get rid of me for that. Like, oh, you, you want to hang out with podcasters? Do I have to come? Nope. You can stay home and play video games. All right. Have fun. <laughs> but all that aside, it's been so much fun getting to talk to you, like for the first time. And <laughs> yeah, and congratulations on 150. That's amazing. And I'm very honored to be your guest for 150 episodes. Well, not 150 episodes, but to celebrate your 150 episodes. And it was totally coincidental that it happened to be 150. I was like, okay, I knew it was coming up. And I was like, okay, well, I do the last episode of the month as the guest. And I was like, holy shit, that's going to be the same one. Emily, I got it. It's like, I need this one to count. I need <laughs> this one to count. This is the one where I got to call. It's like, I got to reach out to Emily because it's, it's 150 and we've of all the people that I've talked to, I was like, why haven't I talked to you yet? Why haven't I reached out to you yet? And I was like, I've had Heather on twice. I've talked to to so many other people. I'm like, You can never have Heather on too many times. Never. She can be on as many times as she wants. She has carte blanche. <laughs> yep, yep. And so I was just like, I, I have to. This has got to be the one. And it's like, got to have Emily. This is a big number. I got to get Emily on here finally. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I don't know who I'm doing next month. <laughs> so... <laughs> Have you done John yet? Not yet. And I, I think I might reach out to John, but there's still like, there's a handful of people that are 
like I'm finding out local podcasters, like the guys from BSP or or Evo. I want to go through my podcaster friends first. And I'm, you know, it's the the whole like, well, I want to do more of these episodes, but doing more of these really would take away from this show as it is. And it would really basically completely change the show. It's like, do I just start a completely new show where I'm talking to all my podcaster friends and kind of filling that space that's left from like the pod stuff where they were just having these whatever the hell conversations with other podcasters for the hell of it because it's fun (laughs) and we can talk about whatever the hell we're going to talk about because and so I've thought about that and then it's the whole there's more work involved in that (laughs) so I don't know but it's more work and scheduling is a giant pain in the butt sometimes very much (laughs) yeah like I'd love to do more guest spots but my my schedule is so tight. I want to get on. I was like, I'd love to be able to have Paul and Wayne from the countdown. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. But <laughs> was like scheduling nearly impossible and just stuff like that. If Heather weren't, uh, you know, insomniac, I probably wouldn't have be able to get her on here as often as I have. <laughs> I always find that funny when going back to Instagram stories, because I'm on there so often people have started picking up on my patterns of, yeah, Emily really doesn't come on during the weekends. She's more with her kids. And um, it's been a weird way for me to set boundaries with people to say, listen, if you email me on the weekend, I'm probably not looking at my work email unless it's an emergency from a client. Um, I'm here with my daughter at the beach. Like, I'm not going to respond to that. So I, I think it's funny that social media and the internet in general helps people, first of all, set boundaries, but also kind of, I don't know, make people more aware of their schedules and I don't, how they can get in touch with them. Again, that was one of those, you know, I started a sentence and I had no idea where it was going. So that's why I stumbled at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it happens. I just keep talking until I find something that resembles an ending or insert Skyrim sound effect bumper here. <laughs> but... It has been so much fun. I Thank you so much for, for doing this. Thank you so much for having me on, Adam. This has been a blast. That is going to do it for me for this week. Once again, I just want to say thank you so much to Emily Prokop for coming on because damn, she's busy. She does so much. And if you follow her on any of the social medias at the story behind pod, or wherever, because it's a little bit different in places. But if you follow the story behind, you'll see she is super, super active between hate to wait group, story behind group, Instagram, Twitter, all of the places. She is so busy. So I, I'm just so grateful that she was able to take the time to come and, and bullshit with me for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's so much fun. I hope this is, it doesn't take two and a half years before our next real conversation. You can find Emily in all of the places on all the social medias. Just search for the story behind podcast and at the story or epodcastproductions.com. If you need a podcast edited and you aren't going to hire me because you're mean because you want to do that to me because you're mean. Anyway, no, I love, I'm, I've learned a bunch working with her. I've worked with her for a while now. She's taught me a bunch. And she's made me a better editor. But anyway, why aren't you going to me first? Just saying. Anyway, 
<laughs> That's it for me. You can get me and all the social places at Odd Dad Out or at odddadoutpodcast.com. <sighs> and I'm going to save the rest for next time. But until then, oddballs, thank you and good night.